He's called faithful and true. This is the LifeSpring One-Year Bible coming to you from Riverside, California and podcasting since 2004. My name is Steve Wabin. I'm your OG Godcaster. Today is Prophecy Friday. We'll complete the prophetic books with chapters 18 to 22 of the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation. And there's a new voicemail that I think you'll find interesting. And as I promised to James in Norway a couple of days ago, I'll do a quick Steve's Practical Guide to Quiet Time with the Lord today. The website is lifespringmedia.com and I'll have contact information at the end of the show. Before we read, let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for your word and for our time together. Teach us as we read these chapters today Revelation is filled with so much that seems hard to understand, and we need you to help us understand. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, beloved, are you ready? Let's get started. Revelation chapter 18 Then I saw another angel coming down from heaven. He had much power. The earth was made bright with his shining greatness. He cried out with a loud voice, the big and powerful city of Babylon is destroyed. Demons and every kind of unclean spirit live there. Unclean birds that are hated are there, for she gave her wine to the nations of the world. It was the wine of her desire for sex sins. The kings of the earth have done these sex sins with her. The men of the earth who buy and sell have become rich from the riches she received while living in sin. I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out from her, my people. Do not be a part of her sins, so you will not share her troubles. For her sins are as high as heaven. God is ready to punish her for her sins. Pay her back for what she has paid you. Give back to her twice as much for what she has done. In her own cup, give her twice as much as she gave. Give her as much trouble and suffering as the fun and the rich living she chose for herself. In her heart, she says, I sit here like a queen. I am not a woman whose husband has died. I will never have sorrow. Because of this, troubles of death and sorrow and no food will come to her in one day. She will be burned with fire. For the Lord God is powerful. He is the one who says she is guilty. Then the kings of the earth will cry for her and be sorry when they see the smoke of her burning. They are the ones who did sex sins with her and lived as rich people. They stand a long way from her because they are afraid of her sufferings. They say, It is bad. It is bad for the big and powerful city of Babylon, for in one hour she is destroyed. The men of the earth who buy and sell are sorry for her and cry. They cry because there is no one to buy their things anymore. They sold gold and silver and stones worth much money and pearls. They sold fine linen and purple and red silk cloth. They sold all kinds of perfumed wood. They sold things made from the teeth of animals and things made from wood that cost much money. They sold brass and iron and stone. They sold spices and perfumes of all kinds. They sold wine and olive oil and fine flour and wheat. They sold cows and sheep and horses and wagons. They sold men who were not free, and they sold the lives of men. They say to her, All the good things you wanted so much are gone from you. Your riches are gone. The things you liked so much are gone. You will never have them again. The men of the earth who became rich by buying and selling in that city will stand a long way back because they are afraid of her sufferings. They will cry and have sorrow. They will say, It is bad. It is bad for that powerful city. 
She dressed in fine linen of purple and red. She covered herself with gold and pearls and stones worth much money, for in one hour her riches are destroyed. The captain of every ship and all who traveled on ships and all who worked on ships stood a long way back. They cried out as they saw the smoke of her burning, saying, Has there ever been such a city as powerful as this one? They threw dirt on their heads. They cried out with much sorrow and said, It is bad, it is bad for the powerful city. She is the place where all those who owned ships on the sea became rich from all her riches. For in one hour everything is gone. Be full of joy because of her, O heaven. Be full of joy, you who belong to God and missionaries and early preachers, for God has punished her for what she did to you. Then a strong angel picked up a large stone like those used for grinding wheat. He threw it into the sea, saying, The big and strong city of Babylon will be thrown down like this. It will never be found again. The sound of those playing on harps and on flutes and on horns will not be heard in you again. No workman doing any kind of work will be found in you again. The sound of the grinding stone will not be heard in you again. No light will ever shine in you again. There will be no happy voices from a wedding heard in you. Your men who bought and sold were the most powerful on earth. You fooled people over all the world by your witchcraft. And in this city was found the blood of the early preachers and of those who belonged to God and of all those who had been killed on the earth. Revelation chapter 19 After this I heard what sounded like the voices of many people in heaven, saying, Thanks to our God, the one who saves. Honor and power belong to him, for the way he punishes people is right and true. He has punished the powerful woman who sold the use of her body. She was making the earth sinful with her sex sins. She killed those who worked for God. He has punished her for it. Again they said, Thanks to our God, the smoke from her burning goes up forever. The twenty-four elders and the four living beings got down and worshipped God, who was sitting on the throne. They said, Let it be so, thanks to our God. A voice came from the throne, saying, Give thanks to our God, you servants who are owned by Him. Give thanks to our God, you who honor Him with love and fear, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like the voices of many people. It was like the sound of powerful rushing water, and it was like loud thunder. It said, Thanks to our God, for the Lord our God is King. He is the All-Powerful One. Let us be full of joy and be glad. Let us honor Him, for the time has come for the wedding supper of the Lamb. His bride has made herself ready. She was given clean, white, fine linen clothes to wear. The fine linen is the right living of God's people. The angel said to me, Write this, those who are asked to the wedding supper of the Lamb are happy. And he said, These are the true words of God. Then I fell at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, No, do not worship me. I am a servant, together with you and your Christian brothers who tell of their trust in Christ. Worship God, for those who speak for Jesus are led in what to say as the early preachers were led. Then I saw heaven opened. A white horse was standing there. The one who is sitting on the horse is called Faithful and True. He is the one who punishes in the right way. He makes war. His eyes are a flame of fire. He has many crowns on his head. His name is written on him, but he is the only one who knows what it says. The coat he wears has been put in blood. His name is the Word of God. 
The armies in heaven were dressed in clean, white, fine linen. They were following him on white horses. Out of his mouth comes a sharp sword to punish the nations. He will be the leader over them, using a piece of iron. He walks on the grapes where wine is made, pressing out the anger of God, the All-Powerful One. On his coat and on his leg is the name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun. He cried out with a loud voice to all the birds flying in the sky, Come and gather together for the great supper of God. Come and eat the flesh of kings and of captains of soldiers and of strong men and of the flesh of horses and of those sitting on them. Come and eat the flesh of all men, small and great. Some are free and some are not free. Then I saw the wild animal and the kings of the earth and their armies gather together. They were ready to fight against the one who was sitting on the white horse and against his army. The wild animal was taken. The false preacher was taken with it. It was the false preacher who had done powerful works in front of the wild animal. In this way, he fooled those who had received the mark of the wild animal and those who worshipped his false god. These two were thrown alive into the lake of fire that burns with sulfur. The rest were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the one who sat on the horse. All the birds were filled by eating the flesh of these who were killed. Revelation chapter 20 Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven. He had in his hand a key to the hole without a bottom. He also had a strong chain. He took hold of the dragon, that old snake, who was the devil, or Satan, and chained him for a thousand years. The angel threw the devil into the hole without a bottom. He shut it and locked him in it. He could not fool the nations any more until the thousand years were completed. After this, he must be free for a while. Then I saw thrones. Those who were sitting there were given the power to judge. I saw the souls of those who had been killed because they told about Jesus and preached the word of God. They had not worshipped the wild animal or his false god. They had not received his mark on their foreheads or hands. They lived again and were leaders along with Christ for a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first time many people are raised from the dead at the same time. Those who are raised from the dead during the first time are happy and holy. The second death has no power over them. They will be religious leaders of God and of Christ. They will be leaders with Him for a thousand years. When the thousand years are finished, Satan will be free to leave his prison. He will go out and fool the nations who are all over the world. They are Gog and Magog. They will gather them all together for war. There will be as many as the sand along the seashore. They will spread out over the earth and all around the place where God's people are and around the city that is loved. Fire will come down from God out of heaven and destroy them. Then the devil who fooled them will be thrown into the lake of fire burning with sulfur. The wild animal and the false preacher are already there. They will all be punished day and night forever. Then I saw a great white throne. I saw the one who sat on it. The earth and the heaven left him in a hurry, and they could be found no more. I saw all the dead people standing before God. There were great people and small people. The books were opened. Then another book was opened. It was the book of life. The dead people were judged by what they had done as it was written in the books. The sea gave up the dead people who were in it. Death and hell gave up the dead people who were in them. Each one was judged by what he had done. Then death and hell were thrown into the lake of fire. 
The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 21 Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud voice from the throne say, Look, God's dwelling is here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be His peoples. God Himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. There will be no mourning, crying, or pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I'm making all things new. He also said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, All is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will freely give water from the life-giving spring. Those who emerge victorious will inherit these things. I will be their God, and they will be my sons and daughters. But for the cowardly, the faithless, the vile, the murderers, those who commit sexual immorality, those who use drugs and cast spells, the idolaters and all liars, their share will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. This is the second death. Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues spoke with me. Come, he said, I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. He took me in a spirit-inspired trance to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. The city had God's glory. Its brilliance was like a priceless jewel, like jasper that was as clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with twelve gates. By the gates were twelve angels, and on the gates were written the names of the twelve tribes of Israel's sons. There were three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. The city wall had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the Lamb's twelve apostles. The angel who spoke to me had a gold measuring rod with which to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. Now the city was laid out as a square. Its length was the same as its width. He measured the city with the rod, and it was fifteen hundred miles. Its length and width and height were equal. He also measured the thickness of its wall. It was 216 feet thick as a person, or rather an angel, measures things. The wall was built of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like pure glass. The city wall's foundations were decorated with every kind of jewel. The first foundation was jasper, the second was sapphire, the third was chalcedony, and the fourth was emerald. The fifth was sardonyx, the sixth was carnelian, the seventh was chrysolite, and the eighth was beryl. The ninth was topaz, the tenth was chrysoprase, the eleventh was jacinth, and the twelfth was amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each one of the gates was made from a single pearl. And the city's main street was pure gold, as transparent as glass. I didn't see a temple in the city, because its temple is the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb. The city doesn't need the sun or the moon to shine on it, because God's glory is its light, and its lamp is the Lamb. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. Its gates will never be shut by day, and there will be no night there. They will bring the glory and honor of the nations into it.
Nothing unclean will ever enter it, nor anyone who does what is vile and deceitful, but only those who are registered in the Lamb's scroll of life. Revelation chapter 22 Then the angel showed me the river of life-giving water, shining like crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb through the middle of the city's main street. On each side of the river is the tree of life, which produces twelve crops of fruit, bearing its fruit each month. The tree's leaves are for the healing of the nations. There will no longer be any curse. The throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. Night will be no more. They won't need the light of a lamp or the light of the sun. For the Lord God will shine on them, and they will rule forever and always. Then he said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants what must soon take place. Look, I'm coming soon. Favored is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy contained in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. When I heard and saw them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had shown them to me. But he said to me, Don't do that. I am a servant just like you and your brothers and sisters, the prophets, and those who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Then he said to me, Don't seal up the words of the prophecy contained in this scroll, because the time is near. Let those who do wrong keep doing what is wrong. Let the filthy still be filthy. Let those who are righteous keep doing what is right. Let those who are holy still be holy. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me to repay all people as their actions deserve. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Favored are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right of access to the tree of life and may enter the city by the gates. Outside are the dogs, the drug dealers, and spellcasters, those who commit sexual immorality, the murderers, the idolaters, and all who love and practice deception. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to bear witness to all of you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the bride say, Come. Let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes receive life-giving water as a gift. Now I bear witness to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy contained in this scroll. If anyone adds to them, God will add to that person the plagues that are written in this scroll. If anyone takes away from the words of this scroll of prophecy, God will take away that person's share in the tree of life in the holy city, which are described in this scroll. The one who bears witness to these things says, Yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all. Well, of course, there was a tremendous amount going on in these last five chapters of Revelation, and I'm only going to touch on a few highlights. In chapter 19, we saw those in heaven giving thanks to God for bringing down Babylon and bringing justice to the woman who had killed and slaughtered those who believed in Jesus. It was a time of celebration and a time of worshiping and honoring God. And then we saw the wedding supper of the Lamb. The Lamb is Jesus, of course, and His bride is us, the church, those who are followers of Jesus. They're clothed in fine white linen, which is the righteousness that they've been given because of the grace of God. And then we saw Jesus, the King of Kings, sitting on a white horse. He's called Faithful and True. 
and as translated in the version we read from today, he is the one who punishes in the right way. He makes war. But I like the way it reads in the New International Version better and other translations as well. With justice, he judges and wages war. Now, some people have the idea that war is always wrong. Listen to what commentator J.A. Seiss said. In the letter to the Laodiceans, he, Jesus, was the faithful and true witness, reproving and instructing his friends. Here, he's the faithful and true warrior and judge for the punishment of his enemies. Heaven cannot be at peace with iniquity, and justice cannot be at amity with falsehood and rebellion. When sin is once incorrigible and incurable by remedial measures, it must be put down by force of arms. Mercy, slighted and abused, brings the executioner. The world, banded together in arms against its true sovereign, brings against it the sword of insulted majesty. Not as human beings and nations war, out of covetousness, pride, and an ambition for selfish greatness and dominion, but in absolute justice and right, and in strictest accord with every holy principle and every holy interest, he now unsheathes and wields the sword of infinite power. Dreadful is the carnage which follows, but no one can ever say that it is not precisely what was merited and demanded. Hmm. And then the beast, or Antichrist, and the false prophet, with the kings of the earth and their armies, are gathered to wage war against Jesus as he sat on the white horse. But the beast and the false prophet were captured and thrown into the lake of fire, and the rest were killed. And after that, in chapter 20, an angel seized Satan and threw him into the hole without a bottom, or as it's translated in most versions, the abyss. I like that much better. But only for a thousand years. This thousand-year period is referred to by most as the millennium, or the millennial reign of Christ. And during this time, Jesus reigns right here on the earth, the earth as we know it. And the believers who had died before reign with him. Now, at the end of the millennium, Satan is released from the abyss for a short time, and he tries to wage war once more. But he is then thrown forever into the lake of fire. After that is the great white throne judgment, where all are judged. Anyone whose name is not written in the book of life is thrown into the lake of fire, because God does not force anyone to spend time with him in eternity. If you have not chosen to love him of your own free will, he will respect that decision. And then at the beginning of chapter 21, we see a new heaven and a new earth. It is a glorious new creation and the beginning of an indescribably marvelous and wonderful eternity with God. God will actually dwell with us and we'll be able to see him just as we see each other now. There will be no sorrow. There will be no pain, no decay, no sickness, no sin, no temptation, no weakness at all of the flesh because we will all be in our brand new glorified bodies. No strife, no wars, no envy, no hypocrisy. None of the things that bring us pain and heartbreak today. Beloved, after more than 68 years here on earth now, I cannot tell you how much I'm looking forward to this time. I'm not going to do anything to shorten my time here, but I do not dread leaving this place either. The New Jerusalem is also described in chapter 21, and I believe that this is where we will live, but with 12 gates which never close in the four walls, and I believe that we will be free to come and go. There will be an eternity to worship around the throne of God, but I believe we will also be doing other things in that eternity. What sort of things? I don't know. 
I do know that God is an infinitely creative God, and as His sons and daughters in our glorified bodies, I believe that He has some infinitely creative plans for us. Jesus paid the ultimate price to buy our admission into this eternity, and as His bride, we are in store for an incredible eternity that we can't even begin to imagine. Are you with me? I want to see each and every one of you there. Have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior? I hope so. Now, if you're not sure that your name is written in the book of life that we talked about a second ago, if you don't know for sure where you will spend eternity or that you will be with the Lord in heaven, then there's no better time than right now to settle it once and for all. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish, but have eternal life. If you want to know that you'll go to heaven when you die, then all you have to do is pray this simple prayer. Pray with me. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I've broken Your commandments and fallen short of Your standards. I turn from that sin now and I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to be my Lord, my Savior, my friend, and my God. I put my faith in you, Jesus, to save me from my sins. Thank you for loving me. Amen. Now, beloved, if you prayed that prayer and you meant it in your heart, then congratulations. Welcome to the family. You are now a brand new person. You're forgiven, and your eternity is forever changed. Now, I'd like to send you at no charge a very special New Testament that has hundreds of notes in it to help you get a solid start as a new believer. It's called the New Believer's Bible, and it is my gift to you. All you need to do is send me an email at steve at tell me you prayed that prayer, and give me your name and address so that I can put it in the mail to you right away. I promise I won't spam you or sell your information. I just want to help you get a good start on your new life. Steve at LifespringMedia.com In the subject line, just enter New Believer. There's a lot there. If you have thoughts or questions, let me hear from you. Send a Boostergram or call the LifeSpring family hotline or go to the comments page or write an email. I'll tell you how to do that at the end of the show. Tomorrow will be Gospel Saturday, and on a somewhat bittersweet note, it will be the last episode of the LifeSpring One-Year Bible. We'll complete the Gospels with chapters 27 and 28 of the Acts of the Apostles. By request, here's a quick Steve's Practical Guide to Quiet Time with the Lord. I'll try to make this fairly quick and simple. I've got a list of 10 thoughts to share with you, and I'm sure it's not an exhaustive list, but I think it'll give you a good start. Number one, realize what an incredible honor it is to have been invited into the throne room of God, the creator of all that is. He is the highest being in the universe and outside the universe. By Him, all things were created. Imagine that. He, this God, has invited us to bring our prayers to Him. Being able, being invited to talk to Him is almost beyond comprehension. What a loving God we serve. 2. He knows our every thought, our every move, 
our every need, our every desire. Yet, He wants to hear from us. Jesus even called him Abba, which means Daddy. And as a loving Father, He delights when we go to Him in prayer. Number three, Jesus gave us a model for how we should pray when the disciples asked Him how to pray. Here's that prayer, and I'm reading it in the New Living Translation. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need, and forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Now, number four, notice that your prayer does not need to be wordy or flowery. Just speak to him from your heart. Acknowledge who he is. Praise him for who he is. Praise him for what he has done and is doing in your life. And then present your requests. Tell him your hurts, your fears, your difficulties. He knows them already, but tell him anyway. And it's even okay to let him know if you're not happy with him. If you're angry with him, tell him. He can take it. There have been times in my life when I just could not understand why he allowed something to happen in my life or the life of someone I loved, and I was angry with him. Tell him. On the other hand, if you're thrilled about something he's done, tell him that too. Express gratitude. Number five, after you've said everything that's on your heart, don't just get up and walk away. When you're done talking, stop and listen. Give him time to respond. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. Listen. Pause. Wait. Prayer is not meant to be just a one-way street. It can be a conversation. Make time for that to happen. Number six, sometimes we just don't know what to say. In those times, the Holy Spirit helps us. He can pray for us. Sometimes all we can do is say, Father, I need you. Help me. And that's okay, too. Number seven, to be consistent, you should schedule a time to pray every day. If you need to, make an appointment on your calendar. Block the time out. Don't let anything impinge on that time. And if you're not used to praying, just make it a five-minute appointment. In my experience, the more you pray, the more you're going to want to pray, and the five minutes will soon grow to 10, 20, or more minutes. You'll begin to really look forward to your time with God. Number eight, throughout the day, breathe quick prayers to Him. Sometimes you'll see His hand at work and just say, I saw that, Lord. Thank you. Number nine, keep some sort of a prayer journal. Write down your requests. Keep track of ongoing needs, and when he answers a prayer, write that down too. We are a forgetful lot. Keeping a prayer journal will help you to remember how he answered your prayers. There will always be times in our lives when we just don't feel close to God. Well, your prayer journal will remind you how sweet the relationship once was, and it'll encourage you to refresh your relationship with him. Number 10. If you are a believer in Jesus, if He is your Lord as well as your Savior, you are a child of the King. You can go boldly into His presence. You don't need to approach Him as a beggar. We are heirs with Christ. And as we read today, we will one day reign with Him. So, while we should honor God with awe, we may also approach Him with confidence if our prayers are according to His will. Now, here's a bonus for you. Our prayers have no power 
in and of themselves. All the power is in the hands of Jesus. And that's why we pray in Jesus' name. I don't have any power. Steve has no power. There is no power in my prayer. But Jesus is our intercessor. He speaks to the Father for us. He is our mediator. He stands between us and the Father. And he speaks for us to the Father. It's because of our relationship with Jesus that we have the right to go to God. Sometimes you'll hear people say, there is power in prayer. I disagree. There is power in Jesus. And he said that if we ask according to his will, our prayers will be answered. Amen? Amen. Got a couple of boostograms to share with you today. A thousand sats came in from Brian Massey from the uh, Psalms 149 and 50, the ultimate encore episode. And he said, praise the Lord, which I think is great. It's appropriate to those final Psalms, don't you think? Thank you, Brian. God bless you. And then a show number boostogram came in, 13361 from Jamie the Trucker. And he said, Jamie the Trucker rolling through Texas. Thanks, Steve. Well, you're welcome, Jamie. And thank you. God bless you. Beloved, if you have not yet made a donation in proportion to the value that you've received from the LifeSpring One Year Bible, please pray and ask the Lord what he would have you do. Help me keep LifeSpring Media online so that others will be able to hear the word. And then go to this website. LifespringMedia.com slash support. I'll thank you, and I believe that God will bless you. Please leave a message. This call came in on the LifeSpring family hotline. Hi, Tim. Steve, this is producer Joel V. Uh, you and the lovely lady Aunt Leanne asked for some uh, ideas for podcasts in the future. Yes. Uh, I have a couple. Uh, the first would be, uh, what about uh, LifeSpring One Year uh, Audio Bible Recast and Rewind, mm. where you can kind of follow the same plan that you had this last year, which is really great, mm -hmm. but just maybe a different reading from a different year. Uh, I think that'd be kind of fun being a, a newer listener, only starting this year. And uh, the second idea I have, uh, maybe a, a bit spicier, mm. but what about Steve Webb reads the Apocrypha? Mm. I think that'd be uh, pretty interesting. So uh, uh, I'd love to hear what you think about those ideas. Okay. If this really is the uh, last time I'll be able to uh, uh, comment on your show, I just want to say uh, God bless and Godspeed to uh, uh, you, you, the lovely lady Leanne, uh, and the whole LifeSpring family. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. God bless you. And thank you for your ideas. Now, given the fact that I have done this show for 13 years, with much of it being a seven-day-a-week show, though there were some years with just Monday through Friday episodes, I have to say, I'm ready to slow down. A daily show, as I said a day or two ago, is a lot like running a marathon. I think I've run enough marathons. <laughs> but I like your idea of a sort of rewind approach. I've thought about that a lot, actually. Um... A lot. And from the comments I received um, recently, uh, and even last year when I was thinking about uh, hanging things up, um, people saying that they were, you know, uh, going to be going back and listening to an earlier season, I've decided that I'm going to create a new podcast feed for the LifeSpring One Year Bible Rewind podcast. So over the next few days, I'm going to make it available for you to subscribe or follow the show in your podcast app. Um, 
It isn't there yet, but it will be soon. And by the way, if you are subscribed to the LifeSpring All Shows podcast feed, the LifeSpring One Year Bible Rewind podcast will show up there too. And what I'm going to do is set up the Rewind show as a serial podcast, which means the first episode will always show up at the top of the episode list in your app. Once you complete the first episode, the second episode will load, and then the third, etc., etc. Uh, it'll be set up sort of like a TV series, you know, on your streaming uh, streaming services, uh, Hulu or whatever. If you if you watch a series, it it presents the series to you from episode one to episode you know eight or nine, ten, whatever is the end of the season. So that's how this is going to uh, show up in your podcast app. Now, to be clear, these will be episodes from past years, and we'll see how that works out. Now, in terms of reading the Apocrypha, that also is a heavy lift. I've narrated the entire Bible several times, and to sit down to record another long-form project is probably not in the cards. As you might know, I do voiceovers professionally, and what I enjoy doing the most in that part of my life is short-form narrations. I do mostly radio and TV commercials, with the vast majority of them being 30 seconds. Once in a while, I will do what they call an industrial narration, and those are narrations for companies who have information videos for their products or services, stuff like that. Most of those are less than 10 minutes long. Now, there is a very popular category in voiceovers called audiobook narration. I have zero interest in those. As I said, I'm out of the marathon business for the foreseeable future. Now, I'm always open to the Lord's leading. But I really think that he is okay with me staying with short-form projects, at least, <laughs> like I said, for the foreseeable future. Now, tomorrow, on our last episode together, I will talk more about my probable next podcast project. And also, do remember that uh, I did several different shows uh, earlier on in my podcasting uh, life at LifeSpring Media, and most all of those are still available there at LifeSpring Media. So uh, go over there and uh, dig around a little bit and see what you find that you might like. And thanks for your voicemail, Joel. I appreciate it. Thanks again. God bless you, my brother. I invite your comments and your questions. Send a Boostergram using a modern podcast app from podcastapps.com or call the LifeSpring family hotline. One more opportunity at plus one nine five one seven three two eighty five eleven. And if you have a comment or a question, go to comment.lifespringmedia.com and my email address will always be open to you. That address is steve at lifespringmedia.com. <laughs> You know the routine. Thanks to the team, Sister Denise, Michael Hayner, Scott Snyder, Jason Pascal, and Sister Brittany for their oh-so-generous donations of time and talent. Jason Pascal did today's show art. Well, we have one more episode. Surely you'll be here tomorrow, right? Until then, may God bless you richly. My name is Steve Webb. Bye. All the programs in the LifeSpring Media family are made possible by the generous gifts of people like you.